0: Merry Christmas. What's going on, Santa Claus fans and Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer stands. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Cinemates Podcast with me, Mike Jose Collins, and on the other side of the table, Jake Schultz.
1: Hello. Did
0: you like the intro? Yeah, beautiful. Ho ho ho. I and made... a Merry Holidays.
1: I made that myself. Oh nice. I'm there like you go. Cooking something seconds, up in the studio. So Merry Christmas. This is our Christmas special because, you know, time sucks trying to figure things out when we're working like busy men. It's, once again, a Midnight Mates episode for us. 10.50 in the night that we're recording this. Can you start working more consistent hours, please? No, sir. Apparently well, I mean, not. they're consistent, but I'm just,
0: I'm done at like 11, yeah. 10.30, 10. You're hurting me. Things, you're, you're hurting know, me a little I bit. Top.
1: I'm usually in bed I by mean, now. I mean, we
0: could have done this at f- like 5.00. You had to go see a, a brand new
1: movie. You couldn't have done this at five. Why not? What time do you start work at? Me? Yeah. Like seven? Huh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why? Well, I didn't know that. I
0: could have went earlier well, like to six, go see seven. Wonka. Yeah. Oh, no. I guess if we saw it at five, I would have been, had to go to work. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Yeah, that's so, fair. Don't lie to yeah, me. Yeah, well, yeah, never mind. Don't lie to me. <laughs> what? Are you, what is that? Okay, we don't need to do this. Anyway, you Merry, had to go see a movie. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Uh, let's talk about a- uh,
1: Not Christmas. Well. Uh, well, I don't know. It's got snow in it. <laughs> wonka, Wonka, lovely Wonka. Yeah, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet's Timothy brand Chalamet. new movie
0: Wonka uh, with Keegan Michael Key. Uh, we got a uh, pretty stacked cast in this one. Lots of lots of fun times in there. So I don't know. You're fresh out this movie. Why don't you give me a rundown of what happened and uh, and your review here? Maybe a little Wonka
1: time. Sure, I'll give you some Wonka time. This is Paul King's Wonka, armed with nothing but hate. Hatful of dreams, hateful of dreams, he's the least hating person in the world. Nothing but a hatful of dreams, young chocolatier Willy Wonka manages to create the world one delectable bite at a time. So yes, Willy Wonka, you've heard that name before. This is the origin story of Willy Wonka. We have now had three iterations in three different generations of Willy Wonka. We had the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka, we had the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka, and now we have this one. And Paul King, like, there was a lot of backlash of this movie when it first was announced. Because everyone's like, why? Why would you make another Willy Wonka movie? No one wants to watch a Willy Wonka prequel movie. And then the cast came along and everyone's like, what? Timothy Chalamet? But then the director came along and that he was right in it as well. Paul King, if you don't know, is the director of the Paddington movies. And those are two of the most wholesome Loving films that you can probably come along, kids' films, but also doesn't hold your hand and treat everyone like an idiot. And they are just very heartfelt films and made me a little bit more excited for this, still a little bit more tentative. And when the film came out and I saw the trailers, I was kind of like, I'm still not buying it. And here I am sitting here after the movie is done to say that this is basically. Uh, what I was expecting from a Paul King film. It is a stylistic film set in the world of Willy Wonka, and that idea of making it a musical paired very well for me and helped to make it a lot more enjoyable. I think Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka is genuinely pretty good. I I was very surprised by his portrayal because in the trailers, he kind of looks a little like, oh, is he a little over the top? And he is over the top at times. But I think that he's able to bring that fun gravitas that I was expecting him to bring, and I was surprised by that. And I think that just in general, uh, initial reactions, is that King's style was able to overcome a lot of narrative faults in my eyes, and just that last hour was so much stronger than the first hour. And overall, I came out of here thinking like, this is the family film of the the Christmas that everyone's gonna be going out in droves to go watch. And I'm pleasantly surprised by how You don't think you're gonna go see
0: Ferrari? No,
1: they're going to go see <laughs> Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I, I'm pleasantly surprised by it, and that, that's a good thing because even my girlfriend was watching it. She's like, why do you want to go see that? But clearly it's connecting with a lot of people, and I think uh, for good reason. Okay. So what, what what'd you like about it? I love the style of the film. I think it's a little bit more reserved than some of his other films. Like, Paddington 2 has style over substance, like, nonstop. That thing is so stylistic. Uh, this is more of the same, and I think it it works well because this isn't like full over the top scaled Wonka that we saw in the Tim Burton style. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a little bit more keeled back, but the musical adds that style, I think, and the songs are genuinely pretty good. I think some are kind of forgettable, uh, and
0: they're all forgettable. There's honest. a
1: couple towards the end that I was like, okay, these are pretty good. Uh, I like the one about the chocolate when they're going through all the the, the grates and trying to hide from the police. Like yep. that one's pretty fun. The Oompa Loompa ones. That's literally all the well, Oompa Loompa was from the first, right? But I enjoyed that they like d- did that as like a recurring yeah. thing for his character. Was My that favorite one was kept the doing it. giraffe. The giraffe one was I good too. He does milk that giraffe. It uh, was th- just so weird. It was, it was great. It,
0: I, I really like that
1: one. So, I, like genuinely, a lot of the the main things that I was expecting to hit. It's a well acted film like you would expect that from the cast even sally hawkins and her small roles like is very impactful yeah and builds that she, relationship. she stole the, those scenes she builds that relationship that you had between wonka and her mom very well in like small amounts of scenes like you really cared for that and i think that d- dynamic between timothy chalamet and the kid character in this film i'm already blanking on her name noodle noodle yes uh like very well done and a very loving relationship that you really felt. And I think that those points when they like fully sticked on those emphasis and the the, the building of the friendship and the family really stuck well with me. And that's what Paul Kane does really well is finding these isolated people and giving them a home. That's what he did with Paddington. That's what he now did with Wonka and these characters. And I think it just, it worked really well for me. And it just all hit well. What I didn't like was... A lot of the narratives, kind of like, there's points where I'm like, okay, like, where are we really going? Yeah, here? it was a
0: really odd story that they chose to make. Yeah, I did it, not like the the story
1: that they chose with the um, the three villains of yeah, the underground world of chocolate. Like it, on the surface level, it's fine, it's but, fine,
0: but I just don't understand how it made sense with Wonka. Like, I didn't care about that story. I wanted no. to know how he like. It's it's basically him coming to where are they like. France or somewhere somewhere trying to start a chocolate shop and then he, this the chocolate uh, gang is like our cartel is not letting him have it not letting him do that and he has to like find a way to make a chocolate store and that that's it but I don't care about that when, it, when I heard about a Willy Wonka movie I wanted to be like how did he make the chocolates or how, like he has all these cool stuff like I, I didn't really care about this story so I agree with you I don't think the narrative was that strong okay so what else did you feel about the film um well, okay, so there's a. It's, I enjoyed it. I agree with you. I think I enjoyed this movie. I don't think it was necessarily a good movie. Um,
1: I, I th- these are exactly what I thought yeah. your thoughts were going to be coming out of it.
0: Like I, I, don't know if it was a good movie. Like, the story is pretty poor. Um, I don't necessarily think that you need to make a complicated movie for kids, but this movie was not that. It wasn't very like it was. It was too kiddy almost. Like I wanted it to be more like Paddington, and it really wasn't. It, was, it didn't really it, – it tackled a lot of challenging themes, uh, which was fine. It was just an odd way to do it. Like, it tackled, like, like gentrification and, like, stealing from different people's cultures and, like, Marxism. Um, and then can you – I think the biggest one for me was, like, can you overindulge in nostalgia and, and in your dreams? Uh, which is why I think that, that that being, like, the biggest theme of the movie kind of worked well for the third Willy Wonka movie that we've seen. Um, and then it was like, all sources of power or structure are bad, except Willy Wonka's who eventually makes a nice chocolate factory. Like they even tackle a church. Like the church is evil (laughs) for some reason.
1: Played by Rowan Atkins. Um, yeah. He got the biggest ovation in our theater. Like literally, was like a general, like, whoa, someone went, the goat, the goat. I was like, oh, okay. I think the,
0: it just didn't really work as a rolled doll weird type movie. I think the approach was pretty bad. The approach to doing a rolled doll movie just didn't really make sense for me. I, like I didn't understand that this was a rolled doll world. Like there was no, I didn't, I didn't see the menace or the evil behind Willy Wonka, which is in the character. Like mm. Timothy Jalame is doing something completely different. It's not the other Willy Wonkas, so you have to like leave those ideas of your Willy Wonka at the door. But they're still doing a like rolled doll. They're still trying to do something rolled dolly, and I think they should have committed to doing either one because Timothy Jalame doesn't really work in this world for me. Okay, his performance is good. Yeah, I, I liked him, mm-hmm. but I think in the pantheon of when we view Willy Wonkas, like they'll probably do another one in like twenty years with a different Willy Wonka. We're gonna view them out to like Batman's and Spiderman's. I feel like he's gonna be like Andrew Garfield or George Clooney to the Willy Wonkas.
1: Do they all have to be the same? Though?
0: No, I don't think. I don't think so at all. And I, th- I listen. I want to defend this movie because I, I, th- I don't necessarily think this is a good movie, but I had a really good time with it. And that's where I want to stand with this. The music is pretty forgettable, mm. but it's really fun. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, a fun little callbacks to like Mary Poppins-esque. Like I, I like musicals like that where it, it doesn't have to necessarily be these showstoppers because there's no showstopper in this. It's like what we're saying. Like is there any really memorable song? There's no showstopper. No. Except at the end, but that's from the original Willy Wonka movie. I had a fun time with it. and I think Timothy Chalamet really moves – in his own way. And it's a super like. You just can't compare him to any of the other Willy Wonkas because he's doing something completely different. Yeah. It's, it's totally different.
1: It's I- the most depth we've seen from a Willy Wonka I feel like.
0: But I don't want that. And that's a big thing about Willy Wonka. But you're going to gonna get like, it regardless. I don't want to know about the character. He, I want him to be this mysterious figure
1: to well, me. Well, then that should be just an issue with the doing an origin story in general then. Because you're going to get that one yeah. way or the other. And, and th- 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 I
0: hated the story in this. The story was dumb to me.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I Like I said, I I don't think anyone really wanted to sit here and be like, I want a Willy Wonka origin story. But for what we got, his character beats, I think, were one of the more stronger aspects of the film. Because it really... When they moved into talking about the man behind all, like the smile and why he makes chocolates and because it reminds him of his mom and finding that connection, yeah, I didn't
0: want to hear that. It's like when they did with Johnny Depp. It's like my dad was a dentist. Like I, I don't care about that. I think that ruins the character. To be honest, I, I, it was a great moment for the movie they were trying to tell. It just didn't fit in the rolled doll of the movie. Like it didn't fit in any rolled doll story. It wasn't a rolled doll story. The, the way that they structured the movie too, and that they're like, uh, the the way that they like portrayed the sets, uh, the, the the actual sets of the movie, like everything where they were, was really not doll. Like I didn't understand what they were trying to do. The approach to this movie didn't make sense for me.
1: But what is doll for you? Because we talked about weird, this in weird Anderson. stuff,
0: and Wes Anderson, like as faulty as those movies were, because a lot of it was just stupid Wes Sanders and stuff. This movie, it it didn't explore that. Like, go watch the original Willy Wonka movie. I've seen it. Yeah. Like, like that is like a creepy, odd world and that's what this should be. That's what this should have been because they tackle like pretty interesting themes and it should have been in a weird way where it's like, we're going to tackle like capitalism in this super funky world where people can float and, and hover and stuff. But, like, all of the sets didn't really make, make that much sense for me. I, di- I didn't understand the approach, and I didn't like the story that they chose to go with.
1: I don't think you would have gotten that with Paul King. I, I just don't no. think that's within his pantheon. And that's fine,
0: but I, it just didn't work for a world doll movie.
1: Mm. Fair. I Like, I get what you're saying. I just – I feel like you kind of have to separate that a little bit more because, like, I – I tempered my expectations of expecting something like super weird when I saw that Paul Kane was attached to it because Paddington's not a weird movie at all. Like, yeah, it's, but it's a little Willy strange, Wonka but... is. Yeah. Okay. And but he has spurts and moments of it. But this is also an earlier version of Willy Wonka.
0: And but he... it's the character. The character itself is weird and out there and strange.
1: Yeah, but no two characters are the same. No two interpretations are the same. And I'm fine that we didn't get an extremely over the top. Yeah, but weird th- Willy that's Wonka. it. Sure.
0: But that's not my argument. My argument is that it was fine. Yeah, I agree with you. It's fine. Yeah, but that's not what I want from Willy Wonka. That's fair. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Uh, you, what you you think that the so you say the music's whatever. okay? Well,
0: listen, if you go watch the original Willy Wonka, like also the music's not. It's the same type of music. Like it's also kind of forgettable. Yeah. Oompa Loompa and come with me. Like when they did that at the end, it was it was beautiful, and I really liked how Timothy Chalamet like moved through this world. I watched this with Maddie, and she really despised this movie. She actually said it sucked, and she was saying she made a good point where it was like if you're gonna do, uh, like a Dick Van Dyke type of person, you have to move, like you have to move weird. You have to move in some like interesting way. Like Dick Van Dyke wasn't necessarily the greatest singer. Nobody in this movie is a good singer, by the way. Not not a, they're all good. I actually did enjoy Timothy Chalamet's voice. He's just not like a strong like powerhouse singer, which is what you expect from musicals. That's kind of why I have an appreciation for this, because it, it was it was a musical, and you're right. It just kind of added to the, the fun of whatever he was trying to do. But I actually disagree with her, because I think Timothy Chalamet moved in this world kind of fun. I loved when he got up on the table and he tap danced. like That was great, the way he walked around, the, the balloons when he's just floating around. He's charming. Yeah. uh, What killed a lot of it for me, though, was the CGI. It was kind of brutal. You know, not like the CGI draft? Just- the giraffe was fine, I, but but I mean like him just sliding down a pole. Why did you have to CGI that?
1: Mm, I don't think it looked too too bad. I've it looked seen, ugly. I've though. seen a lot worse. Yeah, but it's just kind of ugly. You also saw it in IMAX, so you might have yeah. been super enhanced to the visuals. I didn't think it looked too bad when I saw it in the theaters. I think the the it wasn't sets great. Even though you say you weren't a fan of the sets, the set design looked really good. Uh, the cinematography so. looked good. There's so many like shots, it, especially it felt at night.
0: Like, it felt like a, a high school play. He was like these are the three places we are, which is fine. I'm not I'm not knocking at it. Like, yeah, but listen, it looks
1: good. Like the way that they're able to battle I I the stuff good. around the shots, like Paul King crams so much into shots to make them try to feel big and more in like more in tone with what he's doing and like the shots, especially outside with the boat and like you see the city lights and everything like that. Those are like great looking shots and like
0: Yeah, there was a lot of good looking stuff. There was also just like not though. But like, like, it was give and take. Like
1: that's if you wanted a slightly more extravagant film, like I get it, I understand. Uh, but from not s- even extravagant, just more just like there was weird a lot of stuff wacky. that didn't look good. I mean, fair enough. But I, I just I feel like knowing what is in this director's wheelhouse, he could have probably done something a bit more strange. But for what he did, I think it was for what the story was telling. I think it told its purpose as well because that over the top aspects which you got inside of like his when he's dreaming about what his idealistic work is idealistic shop and then when you finally get his shop those are like those dream like moments that you get and at the end but everything throughout that is supposed to be his growth towards his dreams And like you had to get them built up, and you had to see kind of a little bit. I think that's me reading outside of the text a little bit with how Paul. Yeah, I didn't get. I didn't get to do that. I think that's just how he did it, and because those scenes are the most extravagant scenes, that there's a reason that the other ones aren't as big is because we're building towards those moments. That's where the sure, film maybe. ended on a massive scene like that of this old place getting built up into this colorful, wacky, wild place. It's because it's an origin story. It's telling to get to that point, which is that over-the-top Willy Wonka, which is why I think- hmm. I, I, nah, get, I didn't get that. I get what you're saying, but I, that that's my interpretation of this, is that those other moments are building towards that big moment. And is mm. there a sequel that they probably could do it eventually? Sure. Do I want it? Probably not. But I yeah. think that building to that
0: was- I actually think they ended in a way that it doesn't need a sequel.
1: No, I don't think that so either, especially with what Hugh Grant has been saying about this movie. Uh, he He's probably not coming back as that Yeah, he limpa? sucks, by the way. He, I hate Hugh Grant. Uh,
0: like, I think he's just an awful person, and a lot of the performances he puts in, he just does not care about anything anymore. And, like, we get it. You're an old, grumpy man. Like, shut up. Do you want to hear him
1: speak in French?
0: <laughs> he was... <laughs> I,
1: uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's rough. Uh, was, he was fine. I he, liked him as an Oompa Loompa. He was very mad about the fact that he, <laughs> that they could see a CGI penis, possibly, with that. No. He said that if his kids didn't like the movie, that he would not feed them for months after <laughs> He was uh, he was going off on this press tour. He honestly looked like he was hoping that the SAG strikes was not going to be ended before the movie even aired and came out. I, he was okay. He was only in the scene for five like five scenes, so I don't really know what he was complaining was about. Decent, right? It was like half a movie. I counted in my mind. Oh, yeah? I, There he was. It was six scenes. Yeah, and he's they, like he's he's. So why are you complaining about having to be in a CGI suit the whole? Like, yeah, he was. He was fine. I like, don't shut know. up, Hugh Grant. He was fine. I liked him. Yeah, he, I think he was, I thought he was good in the movie. Yeah, yeah he he fit the there role. There was well. no like
0: incredible performance, but I did actually enjoy what Timothy Jowman was doing.
1: I thought Olivia Coleman was really good too. Nah, Olivia I didn't, I didn't like good. either of those two. I, really? Yeah, I, it was just like okay. You're there. <laughs> I don't know. The jo- the first joke was kind of like a little outlandish. And nothing I, was funny. No, there was nothing over the top funny. Nothing made me laugh out loud. But that was the one where I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny. And like the, the chocolate, uh, not the nuns, what, the chocolate choir. Oh. Yeah, that was funny. That was yes, funny. my lord. <laughs> nothing made me laugh fun. out loud. No, but it's like chuck. It's enjoyable. And that's what I think the point of this film. Like, It's a family fun movie that is surprisingly decent that everyone's going to go out and see. It's already making a lot of money. It's going to get so much money this weekend, especially with a lot of these other films coming out. Like No one's going to go see Aquaman. Everyone's going to go see this. And I'm pleasantly surprised with what I thought this originally was going to be, that Paul King did Paul King stuff because he has King in his last name for a reason. And he brought this to a way more enjoyable film than I was expecting. So I gave three and a half. That that's three my overall half. score. Yeah, I gave it three and a half. I, like I said, narratively, I think that there was a couple things that I, I wish was a little bit stronger. That the third act was a really really good and really really solidified me enjoying a lot of the movie. Uh, it was just the kind of the first act. I'm like, okay, like where where are we going here with this? But then once he finally started to get that family dynamic, that's the stuff that I really like in Paul Kane's stuff. So three and a half for me. I wish he was doing Paddington three. He's not. He did work on the script though, so I have a bit more faith. Uh, so three and a half for me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um I I I enjoyed the performance
0: of Timothy Chalamet. I thought Paul King actually was the reason that this movie did not do well. I think the approach he took was uh, just a disastrous for trying to tackle a Dahl. doll. Uh, I I enjoyed the, the the fun of the movie, but I, I think this is genuinely a kids movie. Like there's there's nothing really for audience for uh, older audiences. It's not very complicated.
1: I'll take this um, over migration.
0: Like I'm sorry, I'm sure. not gonna go
1: sit and watch in the. Illumination you're just making film. a lot
0: of excuses about why you like this. You haven't even really said other than narrative-wise. Like you, you're able to look at a movie and say, "Oh, I didn't enjoy something about it."
1: Yeah, I, and I did. I, I think narrative, and I, I just don't think it's like a strong film. It's just a like it's a, it's a good movie. I, I don't think that. I think there's, there's a
0: lot of issues. There's like a ton of issues, and it's all with the director. It's all about the approach to this movie. I think you have to cast also more people who could sing. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is just we- weird, I don't know what he was really doing. Fat. It was, yeah, he just got fat, and that was like a joke, I guess. Uh, but, you know, it's it's very fun, and I really like this approach to musicals. Uh, I was really excited about a Timothee Chalamet movie, excited about a Wonka movie, and excited about the f- fact that it was a musical, and all of those kind of disappointed me, but it You really do have to leave all of the older Wonka stuff at the door and just sort of go in like, this is a fun kids movie, and you know I want to have a good time. The music is fun. Everything is fun about it. Nothing's really laugh out loud. Nothing's really for adults. It's not very complicated, which is something that you want from the guy who makes Paddington. Uh, But yeah, I think you're right. It's fine, serviceable, uh, family fun. Three stars.
1: Yeah, fair enough. We're not far off.
0: No, I just think you enjoyed one thing about it and I enjoyed another thing about it, but yeah. we disagree about what we like. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It's so what movies are. Yeah, I just think of the, in in the greater scheme of things, this will go down as like a yeah. It was an interesting project Timothy Chalamet chose.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. Like not everything needs to be like five-star classic. I No. I enjoyed it for what it was, and it left me like cool. And yeah, then that's now, it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Now here I am, three hours later. I'm just kind of like okay. Like I, I saw it, and I, it's not going to leave too much of an impersonation on me. Nah. And that's also like that's part of a knock of a film too. Like you can enjoy a film, but you don't have to be like love it and go head over heels with it. And like if I'm not going to remember it like three hours from now, like that's going to yeah. affect my my scoring of it. So yeah, okay, fair enough. There you go. Wanna move on to Cine News? Let's go. Drop me that Cine News. We need to get an intro. Someone, please make us an intro. Well, did we ever get the bell shut? The bell. Sh- Eleven fourteen. <laughs> bombshell of news. Jonathan Majors. We have been waiting for this for a long time now. Long time coming. He officially had his verdict and was found guilty of third-degree assault and harassment. He will be sentenced in February, where he could face a sentence of up to a year in prison or probation. Because of this, Marvel Studios—if you do not know—he is the supposed, he was supposed to be the big bad guy in the next phase of Marvel. Even had a film, Avengers: Kang Dynasty, coming out. Well, Marvel promptly fired him about 20 minutes after all of those verdicts went through, and have now changed the name of Avengers 4: Kang Dynasty to Avengers 4. And Yeah, so there goes Marvel in, once again, another hole with their big upcoming actor now facing jail time. There's been a lot of people out there that have been casting some fans of who could come in and replace Kang, whether it's John Boyega, whether it's John David Washington. Is it John- not f- the fifth Avengers? No. Avengers, Ultron.
0: Oh, yeah, Avengers something. 5. Avengers 5. Yeah,
1: yeah five, five, right. 5 I forgot uh, Infinity War. And yeah, two parts. Two Endgame. Parts. So there's been people coming out there being like, whoa, look, can we get these people? John I said, no, I want no part of this because he hates Disney still for the way that they've <laughs> handled Finn in the Star Wars films. But it'll be interesting to see how Marvel handles this once again. It's just been a really tough year for Marvel. Uh, they've just been hitting some of their lowest lows with all of the movies coming out, worst-scored movie with Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Media. They- yeah, you know what? though? looked better than Oppenheimer. Uh, apparently, c- according to the Oscar shortlists, yeah, and, and the Marvels also like the lowest f- grossing film ever for a Marvels film, and then they had a really good high in there too with Loki season two. Unfortunately, Jonathan Major is also in that film, <laughs> but he, it, it, I I don't know how they handle this. Personally, I think that they might just scrap Kang and go straight to Doctor Doom. Like, I they might just immediately pivot, and I think that they I'd watch something with Doctor Doom. He's like the best mcu villain my worry is that though if they shoehorn doctor doom this fast instead of building him up like it won't be as nearly as effective like they need to do something but kang also was like slightly like his story was kind of finished in loki at the same time too so they have an easy pivot out of there they could just say that loki is just literally holding all the Kangs back like there is an out i just i don't know where they're gonna go from this especially with some of the other stuff already filmed and coming out like it's a strange pivot, and so it'll be interesting to see what Marvel does. I'm sure in the next few months we'll, we'll get some clarity from Kevin Feige because you, you can't stay silent on this. Like it, it, it's something we've known for four years now that this was happening, and all of a sudden it's out of the window just like that because this guy just couldn't not be an asshole, uh, and it's uh it's crazy what's happening there in Marvel world. Ah, you want some new TV news? X-Files is coming back as a new show. Ryan Coogler will be developing the new series. He did The Creed and Black Panther films. As well as Netflix has announced some spinoffs for multiple of their properties. You want more Money Heist? We're getting so much more of that once again. Yay, we love that. Wednesday, season 2, as well as getting spinoffs on that. So their whole Adams Family universe, I guess. They're making an Adams Family universe. I don't know, really. People want to see that? Sure. Whatever. The Witcher, I think we knew that. It's getting even more spinoffs. Peaky Blinders is getting two spinoffs as well as its movie that is coming out. Army of the Dead, I don't know who wants to watch a spinoff of that and Stranger Things as we all know, but all of these have been confirmed. So Netflix is looking to continue off of its People bank. liked Wednesday. Yes. It was a popular show. Mm-hmm. Uh Witcher, But, but Money do you has... want to watch more Adam's Family?
0: No. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Stranger Things has to end. Peaky Blinders, I don't know. Yeah, there's probably like that'll that'll Peaky adventu- Blinders is fine. I feel like it'll eventually be like a Doctor Who. You know, it has like committed fans who will just keep go- keep on going through whatever this like British fun. Uh, I mean, that that was pretty. People, I I remember a lot of people like that.
1: It already had a spinoff movie. They filmed both yeah. like back to back. So I don't. The spinoff know. was better actually. I could see it. And <laughs> so, yeah, Stranger Things is never going to end though. Like they'll end it's this got story. To, bro. They're not like, going on. to. They're gonna go to the '90s. Yeah, next. That is, it's Netflix's. Baby. That's their bread and butter. Honestly, if Stranger Things ends, what does Netflix have? Bird Box. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We had Bird Box, Barcelona. Where are we going next? Barcelona. Where are we going next, boys? Speaking of Netflix, Rebel Moon Part One, the newest Zack Snyder film, will be opening up on Netflix this week. However, this cut—that's right—you heard me. This cut also aired in theaters within the past couple weeks. To extremely bad reviews online Zack Snyder has come out and said that this is not the cut that he wants people to watch oh come on he said that there is an R rated director's cut version coming next year which was already planned as his version but Netflix scrapped multiple parts of his film. he can't keep doing this And people are saying that the movie is literally missing plots. Like there is straight up nothing in this film because they cut out so much. He said he wanted to add, he adds that he wanted the main film to be that R-rated cut. But at this sort of scale and cost, you say it's not 100% responsible to have that demand. So this is a family-friendly version of that cut which cut out most of the film. It's just why people are like, this is right. literally not a film that they were watching. So it could be an interesting disaster coming out on Netflix on Friday. I might wait. I don't know if I really want to watch that. If I'm being told that like literally Zack Snyder's coming out before the movies even come out saying, this is not the cut I wanted. That's pretty crazy. So I, I'm kind of more inclined to trust him on this because he's he was right about Justice League. It wasn't his film. And I feel like they're doing the same thing here. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but then he
0: dropped the Snyder cut, and
1: and it was way better.
0: Sure, sure. but way better from like a forty percent to a sixty percent. Who cares?
1: Yeah, but if you're cutting out an entire chunks of the film because of yeah, the this, will be, this will be interesting. Well, we can't really talk about it until like imagine if you were promised an R rated film it's by just, Netflix. I think it's just funny that it happened to him. It's crazy. It's like. He's not, poor guy. (laughs) He can't keep getting away with this. All of his movies. So that'll be coming out sometime next year as well. Part two has already been filmed. They filmed them back to back. So that will Ah. also be coming out next year. It'll be interesting to see what cut of that comes out. I'm assuming it'll probably be a family friendly cut beforehand. But uh, poor Zack Snyder. (laughs) Just getting cucked by people over and over again. Want more Godzilla? Yes. Black and white Godzilla minus one has been announced for a theatrical release. Looks so sick. You it want, looks awesome in black and white. There has been a weird trend of everything coming into black and white recently. Loki, did you see the trailer? It looked sick in it black just, and white. It just looks like black and white Godzilla minus 1. It will release Which is awesome. It will release in January sometime uh, in Japanese theaters. No announcement yet for North American. I you know what? I'm going to buy it good. and just like put my TV in black and white. Are you? It's basically the same thing. Yeah, why not? And Ending it off on a bit of a more somber note, Andre Brar had passed away last week from lung cancer. He was 61 years old. He was known best for Frank Pimbleton in Homicide, Life of the Streets, and Captain Raymond Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, just a little bit from me. Uh, this has been an awful year for people that I feel like of this generation has grown up <laughs> appreciating. Like They've lost a lot of people. And this is like more so like I know a lot of people were more touched with Matthew Perry passing away for Chandler Bing, like I never was really too much of a Friends guy. Brooklyn Nine Nine was my show growing up. Everyone says it was The Office. Everyone says all.
0: Growing up it was like last. It came out in decade.
1: 2013, so I was 13 when it came out. So I grew up with this show, and seeing like this character who I loved so much. Uh, he's so young, and he but he brought so much joy as just a character that people would always assume to be like this strict character. But he brought such a loving side of it. Uh, it was cast perfectly. He won two Emmys for that it. That is
0: like one of the best casted shows it of is. all time.
1: He, you look at lines from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's not just Andy Samberg. It's, if not more, him. That, just, that
0: show was put together through the ensemble of everybody. It wasn't Andy, the Andy Samberg show. No. And he, uh, credit to Andy Sandberg, he knew that. And, and he
1: let everybody cook. He brought a depth to this character. Like the relationship between him and Jake in that show, it, it's just, it's such a sad passing. And uh, yeah, I was a little shocked coming out of uh, <laughs> screening of the movie and seeing that on my phone. Like it just sucks. So recipes to him. Uh, I, I'm going to have countless memories of him watching that show and we'll always have him in that show to remember him by uh, so sucks for that uh, and that's how we're ending off Cine News what did you watch this week Mike let's go a little bit lighter oh you want to do what we watched of course uh, I do yeah brother it's the Christmas I, episode and I know I grab... you've been watching a lot of Christmas
0: stuff buddy I, I've been trying to watch a lot of Christmas stuff yeah trying I mean sometimes I fall into these like other uh other little holes. Oh, uh, context. <laughs> I watched that new Netflix movie, Leave the World Behind. Oh, okay. So a little, it's a little Bird
1: Box X esque. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's only Nef- what Netflix knows how to yeah. do. Yeah, it, it, it
0: felt exactly like I was watching Bird Box, but just like a, a different sort of concept. It was a little freaky. It's like a, you know, I'll put that on TV. I gave a cast. I, I mean, the cast could have been anybody. It would just like happen to be celebrities. So it was like okay. It's, it's it fine. is a
1: crazy cast though,
0: yeah. Oh, it was uh, it was stacked. Some well, Oscar winners in there.
1: Ethan Hawke, and I didn't watch it. Who's the other one?
0: Oh, come on, who is it? Are you serious? Pretty Woman, baby. Um, <laughs> it it was fine. Like, I gave it two stars because okay. it, it it it's not a great movie. And the whole point of like what it's trying to tell you was like we got to be stop being addicted to do our phones. What is with Netflix this year and being like, uh. Hey, listen. We're the problem, but we're gonna tell you we're the
1: problem. I was gonna ha, say, ha, do they know that they're part of that problem? Well, yeah. It's like everything, <laughs> like even with
0: Black Mirror that they put out in that the whole first episode. You are like, oh, yeah, but that's you. Yeah. This is you. You are doing this. You are the bad guys. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. Sorry. We're gonna up. We're gonna up this twenty dollars now. I am on. Keep going. Uh, it was just stupid. Like some part. Like, it's, sorry, what I was saying? The whole point was the, the phone thing. And every single time there's a kid on screen, it's like, I need my iPad. I got to watch my Mr. Beast. Like, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. I get it. Technology. Whoa. It's not an interesting concept in 2023 that people are like on their phones all the time now. Who cares about that? There's other stories to tell. You can tell that in a far more interesting way. This was not it. It, it, It's whatever, though. Isn't that what
1: kids do, though? They would go like, I want to watch Mr. Beast?
0: Yes, but it was every single scene. And it wasn't Mr. Beast. It's Friends. It's like, Uh, I got to see how Friends ends. What year I did love this movie Friends, take place in, like it now. Um, oh. And then I watched. There's something about Mary. You remember this movie? I do. 1998. Cameron Diaz, Ben Stiller. Yeah. Uh, there's there's something really interesting about framing a movie through the the male gaze of like how all of these men view this woman. Um, and but then after like two hours, I'm like, there's nothing entertaining about the male gaze or funny in 2023. Like it's not funny. No, no, Nothing about this is funny. It's mm. just gross. Dudes are gross. And especially in the 90s, in the early 2000s, dudes were gross, bro. <laughs> uh, speaking of gross in the it? 90s, I gave that movie two stars. Okay. Because you know what? There's a lot of funny parts. There is. It's still kind of fun. I watched The Wedding Singer. Speaking yep. of uh, dudes in the 90s, yeah. also doesn't really age that well. I'm sure it doesn't. Listen, I know there's a ton of people who love this movie for whatever reason. This is like the ultimate like dads are like... The Wedding Singer is a great movie. No, it's not. It's Adam Sandler speaking in a stupid voice, and then he sings, and he's like, "I'm sad." Oh. It's my least favorite Adam Sandler it's, stuff. That's the whole movie. Yeah, no, it's the whole movie. They, no, uh, i the chemistry between Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler is like, it's wild. They're they're great together. Too bad they could never have found a better
1: movie.
0: Yeah, I know. Two and a half stars because it was there is some enjoyable stuff, but like in general, it's kind of a crappy movie. Uh, then I watch Better Watch Out. You heard about this movie? Sounds Christmassy. So this is a 2016 Christmas movie about a babysitter who comes over to take care of this kid, and the kid is like, I'm really in love with the babysitter, and it kind of sets itself up to be about how this kid is going to like, how am I going to get my babysitter to like fall in love with me? Uh, but then it turns out the kid is a psychopath, and he like kidnaps the babysitter, and he just like starts killing. Is this people. a Christmas this movie? This is a Christmas movie. Okay. Um, and it's supposed to be like it it thinks it's so smart, like it's just supposed to be this thing about how like white men interact with the world and how they view women and and treat them and it thinks it's super smart and then it like ends the movie with like, oh, mommy just didn't love me enough. It's like, it was never, that was never what you were trying to do and it eventually just tells no, nothing. Like there's just nothing to the movie. It was horrible. I gave it one star. You'd hate it. What was the Christmas part? It was like it took place on Christmas, like a Christmassy time movie. Lame. Yeah. Uh, And then I watched the 2023 movie, Uh, from the daily wire about uh, (laughs) what about a man who enlists all of his boys to compete in a women's basketball tournament because he can do that because what is this uh, so this is an incredibly transphobic movie that's just the whole point of the movie is to be incredibly transphobic and like look look what people can do men can play in women's sports and that's the entire purpose of the movie why did you watch this I Why does it
1: what is it what? I've like never heard of this.
0: Christian movies. Oh god, um, man. So yeah, this recently came out. It is just disgusting. <sighs> Everything it? you could expect. I'll show you the trailer after this. But there is a point in this movie where eventually it just stops being transphobic, transphobic and it's literally just like montage compilations of women getting punched and like hit with basketballs. It's disgusting. It it just like it it Pretends that it's for like women empowerment, but also just has these <laughs> moments of like just <laughs> yeah, beating no. the crap out of women. Uh, yeah, no. And it's like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Like, it, it literally is just for dudes to be like, Why women do you finish suck. these movies. I got a sick mind, brother. Right. Then I watched the Christian Mingle movie. What'd you give it? Lady Ballers, half a star. Okay. If I could rate it lower, I would. All right, it, disgusting, disgusting stuff. Christian Mingle, Lady Ballers, what a title. I'll show you the trailer. Uh, the Christian Mingle movie one of my all-time favorite Christian movies. This movie slaps, brother. It is so offensive, so racist. It's disgusting. Like, it's literally just an ad for the Christian Mingle website to go meet uh, Christians. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I gave this movie five stars and a big like. They go to Mexico to, like, fix a bell in Mexico and turn everybody Christian. There's one part where... A Mexican kid comes into her class, and he's like, starts speaking in, in Spanish, and she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Speak English! <laughs> oh. Like you're in Mexico! Oh. What the hell are you talking about?" And then it all looks like David Fincher, like put like his yellow like gradient on it in Mexico. Nice. And I kid you not, Jake. It's not the Breaking bad I kid filter. you not, Jake. Have you ever seen Arrested Development? Yeah. It's the same Mexico set. No. Way. <laughs> That's funny. (laughs) It's so stupid. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, There's a scene where they eat like 20 steaks and 10 cakes, and they call it Steak and Cake, and they're like, you've never been to Steak and Cake? And then they go to Steak and Cake, and it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Uh, I love this movie. Five-star movie. Sounds like your new Little Italy. All-time banger. No, I saw this movie before Little Italy,
1: buddy. Oh. so This is the movie that got me
0: me into Christian movies. I, I had to watch this. It was one of my favorite movies ever. Okay. So, a terrible back-to-back for you? All-time hit, brother. Okay. One of the worst movies I've ever seen to one of the best. Top 10 all-time. I might put it in my letterbox
1: letterboxd. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Is that all you watched? That's it. I, I did a couple of things this week. I know we had a little bit more time off since our last episode, which if you guys did not go check out, go ahead and check out. It had some uh, fun discussions in there. It, I decided to spend my time doing some Scott Pilgriming. And that meant a double feature of the Scott TV Pilgrim versus the, the world and Scott Pilgrim takes off. So I watched Scott Pilgrim takes off first as just kind of my refresher into the Scott Pilgrim world. And what I was sold. Isn't that f- the show? Yeah. Okay. So what I was sold from Netflix was a retelling of Scott Pilgrim versus the world in animation form. What I got was not a retelling of Scott Pilgrim versus the world in animation form, and it was so much better than I could have expected. The bait and switch that Netflix did- You thought it was going to be like a re- Everyone did. They marketed this- The only thing I
0: heard about it was, oh no, it's just totally a different show. So they
1: marketed this completely as a a faithful retelling, and this ended up being something completely different. It is like a multiversal story, a different avenue- but it's not multiverse it's it's like a different different storyline perspective of Scott Pilgrim with Scott Pilgrim not even really in it and it's honestly quite interesting i really enjoyed it i don't think i loved it as much as a lot of other people are but i i had a lot of fun just seeing a lot of the old cast come back in and play these characters again you can tell how much they really enjoy being all these like obviously they got every single one of them back but there's a lot of care and love into Scott Pilgrim and there has been in every single facet that he has been adapted into. And this is no different. I really enjoyed it. I, I think if you love Scott Pilgrim, you're going to really like this too. There's some fun cameos in there. There's some fun twists and turns that it takes. So if you're expecting it to be that, if you don't know by now, which like you definitely do know, but yeah, it's not that retelling, but it's for the better. And I think that this makes it okay. a lot more enticing to go back and revisit because if it was just a retelling, like what really is your reasoning for wanting to go yeah. back and rewatch? This just okay, gives you a new version of Scott Pilgrim. And then I think I'll it's watch this. really good. It's a lot of fun. Some of the some of the voicing, they seem a little deadpanny. And I know that was what the characters were doing in the movie. I don't know if it specifically translated too, too well into animation form, but the animation is gorgeous. It's not an anime, it's an animated film, animated TV show. It's short, it's sweet, it's like two and a half hours long. It's a lot of fun. And you got to stick with it. The first episode, after the first episode, you're kind of like, do I really love it? But yeah, no. It gets a lot better as it goes on. And that brings us to the movie Edgar Wright. You beautiful beautiful man. I don't understand how this movie came out 13 years ago and it looks better than 90% of films that came out this year. Like it is Dude, it would be on the Oscar shortlist. Oh my god, it is crazy how good this movie looks. It sounds amazing. It's a technical masterpiece. The performances are all so so good. There's so many lines in this movie that just actually like they make you genuinely laugh out loud for the stupidest reasons. Bread makes you fat. And Chris Evans picks up the phone and goes, Huh, that's actually hilarious. Like there's just so many random small jokes that are so funny and impactful with this extremely stupid story that still ends up being incredibly entertaining. I love this film. I It holds up even better than I remembered it to hold up. Four and a half stars. Love that thing to death. It's a half
0: star. No. What did you not like about it?
1: I, there's a, a point between the 4th and 5th and 6th, 7th, I the lights are flickering in here, uh, villain that you're kind of like, it's getting a little bit repetitious. And I felt that in the show too. I think that's just the nature of the way that they tell this. And I know they tried to speed it up with the twins, with them being in the same one. But you can tell when they're like, they kill the twins off immediately, that they're just like, okay, let, let, let's go into Gideon. And then the Gideon, should have had a little bit more of a presence and I know that he's mentioned and I know that they have the chip as their explanation as to why Ramona goes and is back with him but it's kind of very sudden and I think that doesn't nail as much as as it should have uh other than that they're like they're pretty minor uh this is as close to a five star as I have it out there uh I I love it Uh, I think it's a great great movie
0: yeah I think that movie speaking of things that are perfectly casted yeah I think when. People heard about Michael Sarah. There was a lot of backlash towards that. I think that's one of the the perfect movies that actually exists. That that movie is, I, I would give that movie a billion five stars if I could. It is like an actual masterpiece. And yeah. I think that is the best Edgar Wright movie, which I know pe- people might be like, what, what are you talking about? I wouldn't. I, I think it genuinely is. It, it. A lot of the people in that movie also could be their best movie. It. It's a phenomenal thing. And it is such a... Um, if you like video games, if you like comic books, it is like the perfect depiction of that into a real world without like holding your hand through like, oh, this is now we're going to go to video games style. Like it is like there's on and on so and on and on and on. And it's, on. And it, it, it's beautiful. <laughs> yep. uh, that movie's perfect. I, I remember I watched, um, it was bombing, and I watched EP Daily. You remember Electric Playground? Yep. Um, I watched that, and they gave it a 10 out of 10. Or was it the, what did they also have, like two minute review? Whatever, Victor Lucas or whatever he was Something in. like that. Yeah, uh, they gave it like two 10 out of 10s. And I was like, wow, there's no way that happened. And then you go watch and you're like, I want to play bass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: True, it does make bass look really cool. It looks sick, bro.
0: All the music in that is perfect. Yep. Hey, it's one of the best movies ever we made. We are sex ba-bomb. And you know what? It's not even faithful to the, the book because the book no. w- wasn't even done when they made that movie. And it was like, wow, it, it doesn't even matter.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't argue. Like I, I think a Shaun of the Dead is a little bit higher for me. I Just because no. the humor in that movie is have really Have you funny. watched it recently? No, I have not. I, I might do an Edgar Wright rewatch because- You know what? He, he's got some He's kind of a little iffy movies. with his endings
0: because I do agree with you that that ending was like, Sort of felt rushed through and like they didn't build it up enough. It was rushed and through. And the ending to Shaun of the Dead, I also did not enjoy. It was
1: rushed through, but the ending itself of Scott Pilgrim is really good. Yes. Like, the ending run, itself. Walking but through like the door going to the all all final that. boss was kind of yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was a little rushed. And that's some of my issues with the film. But like, he's a director that has just, he hasn't missed. He... Oh, Baby Driver's a huge miss. No. I hate Baby Driver.
0: No. The movie's just a disaster. No. The editing's so good in that movie. Sure. The editing's fine.
1: It was just not a very good movie. I've only seen his movie. So Scott Pilgrim is actually the only one I've rewatched of his filmography. And I have every other film. I should do a rewatch. I it. actually like despise Baby Driver. <laughs> I think that was such a miss. Okay, I hear you.
0: I hear it you. was so such a great opportunity to do anything. The way Ansel Elgort moves through that movie is like fantastic. Like you can tell that guy's been on Broadway. But the song selection was terrible. I know people for some reason really like the music in that. I thought it was awful. They could have done so much more. And uh, exactly that ending to that too, like you're supposed to have to go through yeah. these waves of things. Yeah, uh, no, doesn't end, end great. The not The great. narrative in that movie wasn't wasn't good. I that that movie though did make me a fan of Ansel Elgort before you
1: know he was a bad guy. I think Last Night in Soho has a good ending. Yeah, huh. he's beaten the bad ending allegations.
0: Okay, okay.
1: What else has he done? Shaun of the Dead. He did Hot Fuzz. He did The World's End, which a lot of people don't like. The Hot ending. Hot Fuzz. Good ending. I really like the ending of The World's End. Yeah, at I World's do End. like that. Huh? It's another film that just straight up just says F you and <laughs> turns halfway yeah, through. Yeah.
0: That movie was great. I like that movie more than This is the End. Because they came oh, out around oh, the same yeah. time. No, they came it's not, out. It's not, even, it's not even close. That no. movie,
1: a lot of people have looked back at At World's End or The, the World's End. At World's End. Is that the. Is it the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Uh, they, they looked back at the Edgar Wright one and they're, they're with like, oh yeah, this is actually a lot better than we thought because this was like the big finale yeah. to the Three Flavors Granado trilogy. It It's so much better than people. You know,
0: when it, when it came out, people did not like it too. People thought oh, it was I know. the worst one. And I actually yeah, I watched it I mean. and was like, mm, you know, it might be better. That I think Shot of the Den is actually my least favorite of those three. I think Hot Fuzz is my least favorite. Hot Fuzz is so like... Insane into what it's trying to be, where Shaun of the Dead is just more like funny. Where Hot Fuzz is like, let's be funny and the most insane we could also be. Yeah, I think the characters are better in Shaun of the Dead than in Hot Fuzz. But Hot Fuzz, I think I like the movie more in general. And whatever the third one title is called is. uh, We're getting it wrong right now. uh, I think had the best of
1: both. Okay. Yeah. Super Edgar Wrighty and great characters. What I learned is we need more Edgar Wright in the world. I watched, yeah, honestly. I watched the one Christmas movie that I've seen so far this year because I have not really had time. Well, I guess Wonka, we can count as Christmas. There's snow in it. Arthur Christmas, this is an actual Christmas movie. This was a Sony animated film that came out in 2011. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of good things about this for a lot of years now. It's got a really good cast, James McAvoy, Hugh Laurie, Bill Nighy. Like a very, very good cast, Liney, And it's about this guy named Arthur who is a kid. Of Santa Claus and what happens when one kid doesn't get their present delivered and he has to go on a journey to give the kid the Christmas present. This is a really funny movie like I we talk about I talk about a lot that kids movies are usually very stupid and I don't want to sit through bad Chris, bad kids movies because I have to watch really bad jokes. This movie has so many jokes that is thrown at your face that you're like oh my god like how do they get away with the censorship of this movie? They throw the Cuban Missile Crisis at you. There's so many sex jokes thrown in there. The old grandpa's literally just like throwing one-liners left, right, and center, and he's got like old <laughs> war medals on him too. Like it is crazy the amount of jokes that are thrown at the screen at this movie. And I really enjoyed it because of that. I think that I a lot of people like James McFoy in this movie. He's Arthur. He his voice performance is good, but he's yelling like ninety percent of the movie, and that's probably makes the kids go ah ha ha yay! Look yay. at the kid yell. I uh, kind of got on my nerves towards the end of the movie, but I think it's a really fun movie uh, and a really like enjoyable film to sit through. Like it's ninety seven minutes long. It's so short and. I just laughed a lot of the movie, like genuinely surprised by how funny this was. So I gave it a three and a half stars. Uh, the animation's a little rough. It hasn't aged too, too well animation-wise, but it is what it is. It came out in 2010. But a really funny movie. Pleasantly surprised by that. And I watched a early screening at TIFF for All of Us Strangers. This is going to be uh, possibly a spoiler at the academies coming up this year. This film doesn't come out till January. Uh, it's directed by Andrew Hay, uh, or Hay, I, I don't know how to say his name. But it, it stars Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal, as well as Jamie Bell and uh, Claire Foy. So it is the four of them. and what, it, what this Stacked. Stacked. Hotties I, on hotties. Absolutely stacked. Uh, what this is, is when you pull it back, I don't want to say too, too much because the film's not out yet, but it is really a haunting look at loss and grief through the queer perspective which like is a genuinely fascinating way to look at it um and took so many different ways that i was not expecting this film to take like i thought i had an idea of what this movie was going to be but no the, the imagery in this film is genuinely striking and i hearken this a lot back to a ghost story which is the david Lowry film that came out a couple years ago it's very similar in that aspect that it's just the way that Hay is able to look at that depiction with his imagery, like through mirrors and different scary scenes. Like, genuinely terrifying. Like, they feel like straight out of a horror film. But when you peel back the curtain with Andrew Scott's character and you learn more about why this is happening and why he's feeling that way, and really the icing on top of the cake with that is the chemistry that he has with Paul Mascal Like, the two are insanely good together. And when you are just really dissecting their relationship and pairing that with the the family relationship that Andrew Scott has with his mom and dad and that loss and trauma. It's just honestly mind-blowing <laughs> when you're sitting and watching it. So many people were crying towards the end of the film. Like it's a tearjerker. The ending is a little bit in your face really fast. And I kind of was a little bit floored that that was the direction that they went with, but I sat with it a lot more and I took a lot, a long time to review this film because I had to sit on that ending because it's such a jarring shift that I still ended up think it's really effective. And I ended up really, really liking this film. And the more it sat with me, I ended up like loving it a lot more. I give four and a half stars. Like I genuinely think that this is Andrew Scott's best performance. And he has had a ton of good performances. You look at Fleabag, even in Black Mirror, he's really good in that Smithereens episode. And I I, I do think Paul Mescal's good. I don't think he's like anywhere close to the levels that he reached last year with After Sun, but he's a really good foil to Andrew Scott. And in general, like it's genuinely crazy that there's a film that's out there like this that looks at trauma the way that it did. Uh, and it connected with me on a really personal, deep level. Like I don't cry in films, but I was like on the verge of crying, which says a lot if you can get me to feel that way. So I get four and a half stars. Be on the lookout for that. That comes out in a couple weeks. I think it's early January that it comes out in North America. It is coming out this week if you're in the UK listening to it. So you can go check it out. It is a British film. Obviously got a lot of British lads in that film. Yeah, just a really good film. I want Andrew Scott to be nominated. Like, genuinely, really want him to be nominated. I think it's excellent.
0: Wow. That's a glowing recommendation.
1: It's a good movie. I, I don't... Like, genuinely... Like, it feels like every year, a film like that comes out that doesn't feel like it's up my alley, and then I end up completely loving it. After Sun was the exact same way last year. Like, I was like, this doesn't seem like it's up my alley. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, just haunting imagery, I think, paired in a drama film works so much more effectively than you would expect. Than what? Haunting imagery in a children's film? No, like, just the idea of- Comedy? No, the idea of looking at specific relationships through a horror lens when it's not necessarily a horror film. Like, it's uh, not used as a horror Like, that, to me, is really impactful. And that's what a lot of After Sun built up with so many scenes like the under pressure sequence. And this film does the same way. It, it, it's genuinely crazy. And I want to go watch the director's other films because if this is, I've never heard of him until this film. Uh, he deserves a lot of the credit for this film. It's a gorgeous looking film as well. Uh, yeah, just a very good film. I can't say enough good things about it. Sway, so why don't you tell me what's coming out? Uh, yeah, this time I'll actually tell you what's coming out after last week. Me missing Chicken Run. Uh, how dare I miss Chicken Run 2.
0: We got a ton of movies to watch this weekend. Oh, my God. I, uh, we're going to have a jam-packed episode next week. Cause, so, uh, yeah. We let, got to see a couple
1: of Let's give you a bit of a rundown on what this schedule is going to look like for the next couple of weeks. So, no, obviously this is supposed to be our Christmas episode because we're not going to be meeting before Christmas. It's a busy time right now, okay? But sometime before the end of the year, we will be coming out. Probably, honestly, it's going to be pushing like January 30th. We will come out with an episode of- January 30th? You don't want to do it at the end of this year? Oh, sorry. December 30th. (laughs) January. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, a whole month. You guys got to wait a whole month for another episode. No, so in about a week or so, we're going to come out with just recapping what we have on our watch list. That's all we're going to be recapping is just what we think that we need to watch on our watch list. So I have like about 10 movies that I'm going to be catching up on. And we're gonna hopefully be able to rapid fire through those films as well as any others that Mike you feel like you haven't seen. We'll get like a general consensus of films that we should be watching, but if there's any other yeah. ones that we feel like we've missed on our list that we want to bring up and do before we get our end of year, which will be our very next podcast, which will be in 2024. Crazy to be saying that, that we're two years got this podcast in. Two separate years, 2023 and 2024. Crazy. So that year, that episode will be our end of lists. So, it'll be best films of the year, worst films of the year, and as well, the very first Cinemate Awards, Yeah, hey, where we will be uh, giving our way our fake awards for films that we saw. Some people are saying it might be better than the Oscars,
0: I've, which, listen, oh, the Oscars the past couple of years, you can make the case.
1: This, You guys are going to enjoy this one. Well, considering you don't like everything ever all at once, you could make that case. That one was a good year of Oscars, but-
0: we're not doing this I'm not doing this
1: <laughs> I'm trying to okay you can bait me but I can't bait you you bait me all the time little bait boy so that'll be our uh, that'll be our schedule yeah I'm moving past that that'll be our schedule for the next coming weeks and then I think we'll take a little bit of a break after that one just to kind of recuperate a little bit because 10 movies in one week is a yeah, lot Yeah, okay. tell center. me what's coming out I'm getting there I was done I was literally finished my thing this week however this is what I'm talking about Iron Claw, boom! Gotta go see this. This is a A twenty four film with a stacked cast: Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White. This is about the Von Erichs wrestling. If you like wrestling, like I do, it's probably going to be a must watch because if you know the story of the Von Erichs, it is extremely heartbreaking. Uh, don't want to miss that one. Maestro, Netflix's big film. Like this is insane. This is the last week of the years, guys. Why did you wait this long to put all these films out? It's been unlimited Limited for a while, gotten really good reviews, Bad of the Coopers, next follow-up film, excited for that one. No one's going to be going and seeing this, I, well, I, I might, Aquaman and the Lost City, this is the, the end of the DC Extended Universe, it's projected to make less than $40 million internationally this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so it is going to bomb, and they have done no press for the film, and Review Embargo comes out late Wednesday, late Thursday. So clearly they do not have a lot of confidence in this. James Wan, I am so excited for you to go back to the horror franchise. Please escape. Rebel Moon Part 1, as we discussed, the weird cut version that Zack Snyder has not endorsed will be coming out on Netflix as well. So if you want to go watch a disaster, maybe go watch that one. And The Zone of Interest, this is going to possibly as well be a surprise hit for the Academy. This is the director of Under the Skin. It's his first first movie in 10 years. Uh, it's about looking back at World War II. So, if you want to go ruin your Christmas and watch a German film about World War II, go ahead and make a nice, depressing Christmas film, a Christmas movie. It uh, has gotten tremendous reviews. As for TV shows that are coming out this week, just two. One has actually already come out. It was supposed to come out on Wednesday, and they surprised, released it at 7 o'clock, and apparently are going to be releasing them now from 7 o'clock onwards on Disney. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Rick Riordan has endorsed this, he has had full. Hand on creation with the cast, with everything, uh, and someone who loves Percy Jackson and knows how wronged these characters have gotten with the first. What I was a huge Percy Jackson guy growing up. I read all the books. I love them. Uh, th- those movies suck, uh, regardless of how innocent Logan Lerman is. I'm excited for the show. It's gotten really good reviews, which has me really more excited that it's been very a faithful. Kids show. There's, okay. You just said you hate watching kids stuff. This is this is teen This is YA. What do you mean? This is literally what YA is. How old is
0: Percy Jackson?
1: I, I don't know. Grade eight, something like that. I don't know, oh, bro. I'm not watching that. What, what you thought, Percy Jackson? It has Adam Copeland in it as Zeus. I will be watching. We will be seated. Come on. Whoa, it's called Walker Percy in Jackson, it. dude. Yeah, of course, I'm gonna be watching this all Christmas break. I'm gonna be loving. Make it. original stuff. Come on. This is basically original. How? considering that they got the adaption wrong in the first two movies and they had to cancel the rest of it, I want a faithful recreation and it looks like we're getting it so you know what Disney plus has a lot of bad shows what if the what if the gods went to school? okay <laughs> shut up they Percy Jackson has a Disney plus has a lot of bad you're making me mess up my words now <laughs> it's 1153. Percy Jackson has a lot no Disney <laughs> stop <laughs> it Disney plus has a lot of bad shows like a ton. So I will take any semblance of a good show on Disney+. And if it happens to be Percy Jackson, a franchise that I loved growing up... Stop settling, bro. I will take it. Ask for more. As for asking for more. Marvel's What If. No! (laughs) Season 2 comes out on Friday. This is an animated Marvel show about what if... What if Captain America wasn't Captain America? What if Loki didn't be Thor's brother? I don't know. Thank God we struck. (laughs) I will probably be watching this, and that's all that's coming out. So that, I think that wraps up our Christmas—not really Christmassy—episode of Cinemates. But sorry, guys, we, we, we have lives; we couldn't really watch Christmas. Well, stuff.
0: no, I'll watch it. I'm gonna watch a ton of Christmas stuff. I'll, I'll get back. This is the the episode before Christmas that you'll listen to on Christmas. But I will—I'll I'll give you—I'm gonna watch a ton of Christmas stuff this week. So I'll give you a ton of uh, reviews. Also, speaking of Christmas, why did you hate the Grinch?
1: Why did I hate the Grinch? Yeah. It scared me as a child.
0: So wh- wh- why? What's such? What's with the low rating, man?
1: Jim Carrey was a freaky man in that movie. A, free, a freaky scary boy. When did you rate that? When you were 11? Yeah, I have not seen it since. It, honest, so why'd you rate it so low? Because I'm going off my 11-year-old's heart. <laughs> <job. laughs> That's an insane take. All right,
0: roll the music. You
1: gave a Christian movie five stars that you said was Beautiful terrible. movie. All right, let's listen to this.
0: All right, thank you guys so much for listening to uh, the Cinemate's After Dark episode. Thanks, Santa Claus. Uh, hopefully, you guys have been good little uh, boys and girls, or whoms ever, unless you watch Lady Ballers, like me, because then you're a Hey, yeah, you're girl. on the naughty that list. That, yeah, that was, honestly, yeah.
1: I, if, no, you're if, fully on the naughty list. If you
0: watch list. that movie and you weren't, like, disgusted by it, you're on the
1: naughty list. You you're get a chaotic lump of evil. You know the chart that everyone has? You're definitely chaotic evil. Like Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Mike Jose Gollins, that's Jake underscore Schultz 6. you can find those both on X and or Twitter. Follow this uh, podcast on all of your streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, anything, Google. I think we're on Google. Yeah, we're on Google. Uh, follow no. us. Uh, no, we're not. Okay. <laughs> don't follow don't us. Follow the Cinemates no. Podcast on Twitter. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and please rate. Give us that big five stars. Follow our TikToks. Uh, please defend us. Or uh, attack us. It doesn't really matter. Anyway. We We're will... looking at you, Hunger Games people. We will be back next week with the uh, Maestro, Iron Claw. Probably not Aquaman. Rebel Moon Part 1.
1: No. I'm going to. we uh, got to watch You Rebel can watch Moon it. Part I'm One. not watching we it. we got to watch You can Moon. watch All it. All right. Anyway. Ta-ta. Happy holidays, everyone.
0: Ho, ho, ho.